So I was like, well, I don't really want to take your name. And he was like, well, I don't really want to take your name. And I was like, but I do want us to be representative as a family because, you know, having the same last name, that's actually quite important to me to be the same name on the bills, on the household and things like that. Because it's just a, it's just something that feels nice, that feels sort of happy. And so we said, well, what about double barrowing? And it's like, well, if you double barrel, one always gets dropped, right? So if I'm yeah. Barton Shaman and he's Shaman Barton, we're basically just saying saying Shaman and Barton each that's not really doing anything. So he actually had the suggestion of why not combining them and sort of taking some letters and chopping and changing. With the whole like diversity and inclusion angle that, you know, us being sort of on LinkedIn, we see this a lot of companies trying to be inclusive, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe there's almost like a fight between people at the moment. I feel like everyone's sort of shouting and there could potentially be across all the diversities a bit more cohesion. More the kind of experience I've had is it's been less kind of social and more in my head. So people haven't voiced negative opinions towards me I've kind of imprinted that on them in my head so Mm. again very kind of subtle things but meeting new people for the first time either a colleague or a supplier a client or whatever I would kind of use words like partner to kind of hide Mm. not necessarily hide but perhaps cloak before I had a rapport with them to kind of gauge whether it would be an acceptable environment to raise the fact that I had a male partner and that I was in a gay relationship. In today's episode, join me in conversation with Alistair, while we discuss his journey with his surname. After getting engaged a few years ago, him and his partner Rob decided to unify their names as a way of symbolising their unification and starting a family. We also discuss Alistair's experiences with the bureaucracy of changing his name via deed poll and all the other processes that come along with that. We also discuss more broadly the gay community and Alistair's views on how it felt um, when gay marriage was um, legalised in the UK. Names that enrich with meaning are part of one's identity and hold such importance. Welcome to That's My Name. I'm Maya Mitsko September Welford. What's your name? My name is Alistair Barton, but at the moment I am channeling two different names because I'm halfway through changing my last name. So I'm Alistair Barton, but I'm also Alistair Marston. Ah, okay. So you're Alistair Barton, but also Alistair Marston. Talk to me about that. You know, I I know that you're um, going through a kind of journey with your surname and I'd love to hear the story. Yeah, well, the two names, it depends on who you ask because... I've pretty much got myself to a place where I've got one of everything in each name. So I've got a photo ID in Barton, but I've also got a photo ID in Marston. I've got a credit card in Barton and also one in Marston. Wow. And one day I will bring them all together. But the the reason that I decided to change my name, so I changed my last name by deed poll. And so my born family name is Barton, but my partner's name, my partner's name is is Rob Sharman. And so to form the name Marston, we actually combined or sort of mixed a couple of our letters of both of our last names to form a new family name because we actually got engaged at the very, very start of lockdown and the pandemic when that first hit in March 2019 or 2020, whatever that was. And so because everything we were, you know, keen to kind of get married relatively quickly or within a year's time, as you do from sort of engagement, 
but we couldn't because all events were off. Everything was cancelled. The world was completely up in the air. So we decided as an interim, why not unite our names and have it as a family name so that it's sort of already a statement out there that we are a family and that we're a pair and then catch the wedding up to that later, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. And I've never heard a story where, I mean, I have, but I've never really met someone or spoken to someone where they've kind of combined their surnames. And I think that's very unique and beautiful. And how did you decide to kind of, you know, you you knew that you wanted to kind of, um, you knew that you were going to get married. You wanted to kind of unify your kind of names. How did you decide to kind of actually combine your names? Well, I think that there's, well, I guess I don't really know what other people do in that kind of civil partnership or um, gay relationship kind of situation of getting married. I've definitely heard of people that, because in tradition, right, the woman takes the man's name and it was yeah. like, well, we don't have that because obviously it's a um, both male relationship. So I was like, well, I don't really want to take your name. And he was like, well, I don't really want to take your name. And I was like, but I do want us to be representative as a family because, yeah. you know, having the same last name, that's actually quite important to me to be the same yeah. name on the bills, on the household and things like that. Because it's just a, I don't know, it's just something that feels nice, that feels sort of happy. And so we said, well, what about double barrowing? And it's like, well, if you double barrel, one always gets dropped, right? So if I'm yeah. Barton Shaman and he's Shaman Barton, we're basically just saying saying Shaman and Barton each that's not really doing anything. So he actually had the suggestion of why not combining them and sort of taking some letters and chopping and changing. And I said, yeah, okay, that sounds good. And he came up with the name Marston. And I was like, oh, I really like that. So that's how it started. And like everything organized or that requires a process, I was the guinea pig because uh, I don't know if people listening, I'm sure they do. It's actually quite tricky to get name changes through with without yeah. a marriage situation. So it, I was the guinea pig and sort of started testing things and, and putting it out there. And this is, oh, I probably embarked on this at least a year ago, starting Aww. to change things. And I'm still in the process due to some barriers, but also due to some laziness, I won't lie. I haven't got fully around to contacting everyone. Fair enough. Thank you for sharing that. And how did, if you know, how did Rob come up with Master? Is it Marston? Yeah. M yeah. So, so how... M it's quite difficult to say, say yeah. actually. Um, it's M-A-R-S-T-O-N. So it's okay. sort of like yeah. Marston, but with an R in there from the shaman in the bar. Uh, okay. And you mentioned that there were a few different kind of combinations and he came up with kind of Marston and that's the one that kind of stuck. Um, do you remember any of the other combinations? <laughs> <laughs> because they were all dreadful. And we were like, is this actually going to work? So one of the suggestions was Barshar which okay. I'm definitely not a fan of. Um, the other one was Barman, oh, like God. bar and man. And yeah. I was like, again, not really loving that. And so what is it? So Marston, it's the M from Shaman and then the AR from Barton, which is also present in both of them. I guess we were very lucky that we kind of had similar names. There's lots of letters that are similar, so yeah. it allowed us a, mo a lot more flexibility. And then, yeah, I, I, actually, I've I've lucked out. There's quite a lot more from Barton in there than there is from Shaman. But maybe don't listen to this, Rob, and it's still our, our shared name. <laughs> but yeah, he just came up with that. And I was like, do you know what? That actually, that one works. I feel like yeah. comfortable. I feel like it's an actual name. I, it doesn't feel made up. And, you know, when I've said it to people in the past, they just, you know, take it. It's not like, oh, that's weird. How did you come up with that kind of situation? 
Yeah, yeah. And on the topic of kind of other people's responses, like how, what have mm. the responses from like, you know, friends and family been like towards you deciding to kind of combine and unify your names? It mixed, I would say. So it's a couple of people that we've told have been like, oh my God, that's amazing. I love that. And someone even said that, you know, they think that that should be the way for everyone to do it rather than, because I, and I personally agree with that. I think it's yeah. a little bit dated to have the the female of the relationship change just to copy yeah. the, the man's name. And I've certainly seen maybe other combinations or double barreling or females sort of just keeping their own name, which I think all of that is, it's fair. It's based on your own personal decision, right? Uh, they, when I first told my parents, they said, uh, why have you done that? Was the first thing that came out uh-huh. of their mouth, um, which is, you know, very positively reaffirming. But, you know, I think from their side, they, maybe they were a little bit offended because it is their family yeah. name and they didn't, they wanted someone to keep it. Unfortunately, I have a brother who is, uh, he's straight. So he's, he's had a baby recently. So the Barton name okay, will continue yeah. down that line. <laughs> but I, I think that attitude is, is dated for sure. Yeah. Like continuing the family name because you know, we're in 2022, you know, relationships are not always black and white yeah. and linear anymore. So I think the naming convention maybe needs to catch up a little bit with that. But they also said, why have you done that? Because of all the admin it's going to cause and which I, I kind of relate to that now, but it was still a little bit like, oh, well, you know, it's, we're unifying it as a family. Maybe they didn't really understand that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And you touched on earlier, the fact that it's been about a year since you've tried to start changing. You've got photo IDs in Barton and Marston, you've got all different like bank bank cards and your old and your kind of new surname. How's that process been for you? You've mentioned it's been quite <laughs> stressful and stuff like that. But yeah, talk to me through that process. It's definitely mixed and very strange. So actually the change your name by deed poll, which is just if someone wants to just change their name, you know, anyone can change their name. It's not limited to this situation. It's not limited to any situation. You have to do something which is called a deed poll. Now, I was used to think that that was deed poll. It's actually got a D in it. It's like a deed poll. Yeah. And to do that, it doesn't actually cost anything. All it is, is literally having a declaration that is, I used to be known as X. I am now known as Y. And you have to have two people witness that. So anyone listening to this thinking they do want to change their name by default, don't fall into the trap of paying a lawyer to do it, paying a company to do it. It, It's completely nonsense. It is perfectly legal for you to write that document yourself. I downloaded one off freedeedpoll.com or something along those lines so that it was more formal wording. But a deed poll is literally just a name change declaration from X to Y witnessed by two people that I guess you have to have contact details for them in the follow-up of the past. And that that legally stands within law. What the difficulty comes is that is that's one form of name change proof. But you to change your name anywhere, you need a second uh, proof of name change. So it's very difficult to get the second one that you need to prove things with because it they everywhere you go, right? So to change a passport, you need two two documents of, of name change to change your driver's license you need to change your utility bill you need to to change your bank cards you need to so finding one that you're finding a second proof of name change that you're able to get is it's really difficult so what i actually did i'm very fortunate to work for a, a, quite a small intimate agency and not so not a giant corporation that yeah. might have processes and things that again that would require two forms of name change 
one of the accepted forms of name change is a assigned letter from someone at your employer, your okay. line manager, managing director or whatever. That it's it's similar. So it says that we recognize that Alistair Barton will be here, here on recognized as Alistair Marston and all of our records will kind of be updated, blah, 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 blah. So I was able to get that letter signed and that formed as my my second. Okay. So I have a my passport is in Marston and my other photo IDs are still in Barton. And then, like I said, I've got one credit card and I'm kind of sitting on having both at the moment because my worry is what if I forget to update one tiny thing and they say, oh, can you just prove that you're Alistair Barton? And I won't be yeah. Alistair Barton anymore. I won't have like evidence of, of saying that. Um, and also Rob, my partner, he hasn't started any of the documentation on his <laughs> side. So I'm a little bit like, well... I don't want to be fully Marston because then the reason for that is it's not there, right? It doesn't make sense because I'll just be sitting here as Marston and he'll be sitting over there still as Shaman. So <laughs> it's a little bit of waiting for him to catch up and a little bit of what if I ever needed to say that I was Alistair mm. Barton kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of comfortable keeping things separate and um, different at the moment. But I, I have a list of things that I fully need to update from there. Yeah, that sounds just like an admin nightmare it just sounds like such yeah. a long difficult process and also I was thinking about like social media and the internet and so on like there's articles that I've written on the internet that are like under my name or stuff that I've been recognized and it's under like Maya Welford and I think and I'm I've decided if such when I get married I'm not changing my surname I'm not letting go of Welford um because I feel also feel like in this kind of digital age, you're kind of known as your your kind of name. So talk to me about the kind of social media mm. internet side of things. How how are you kind of presenting yourself in, in that sphere? No, it's a fair point. So I mean my main social media outlet is LinkedIn and I'm still Alistair Barton on LinkedIn. I yeah, I don't think I've decided whether I'm gonna change that yet. I kind of have had thoughts of maybe I'll be known professionally as Barton. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't feel like it's going in the full hog. I don't know. I'll probably go with bracket uh, or Alistair Marston brackets Barton for a little while, see how yeah. that, that figures out. But I do understand what you're saying about leaving a kind of digital footprint and having the right attributions to those kind of things. I guess maybe I'm relatively lucky in that the my LinkedIn profile pretty much is most of the output I've got there out in the world. There's other things that I think, oh yeah, but I'm sort of happy to yeah. not necessarily let it go, but happy to be like, oh, that was me, but just under a different name. Yeah, um, yeah. What's interesting for me though, is that I wonder, because I, have no, I haven't spoken to other um, couples about this, as you say, I've not, I've not met or known someone that's done this. I'll be really intrigued to see how this sounds like it compares versus to you know, getting married and just naturally taking someone's name because a lot of the things that I sort of say and have the conversations that I have with companies that I am changing my name, they just say, oh, we'll just um, send the marriage certificate. And I'm like, no, no, there's no marriage certificate because that, that's yeah. not what this is. And I wonder if that is an easier process in terms of literally just uploading because that is the, that's your proof of name change. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm just, just curious because obviously I haven't been through that way. And whether it would be easier, whether that is more recognized, or whether it causes just as much admin for people out there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I've had a few conversations about it. And I think it is slightly easier, but I have heard like it's just quite boring and long to just ring up your bank and be like, I've 
changed my name, my surname, because I got married. Like, it's just that extra step of bureaucracy that, frankly, like, I feel like we're all a bit too busy for. Um, <laughs> it should be easier. But yeah, I guess, I guess that's kind of how life is. And you mentioned earlier, you mentioned kind of, there's like websites or legal, like lawyers um, or companies that that kind of say, oh, we support the deed bulb process. And you mentioned that you, there's absolutely no need for them. So have you had much experience with kind of these companies? Well, so when I was looking to do it myself, I was, as in changed my name by default, I was doing a lot of research into it. And when you Google deed poll, it does come up with lots of websites being like £50 deed poll or, mm -hmm. you know, £100 or not necessarily scammy, but they are obviously wanting to charge you some money or, and there's things like, what's that, um, not lawyers, like conveyancing and things like that. Yeah. Other companies um, sort of do offer similar things. It's just like, I guess it's a more formal document. But actually, when you look at the .gov website and what that says about Depol, it does say on there that all you need, the instructions are there. It doesn't necessarily have a template, but it does say that it doesn't need to be an, an official, there's no official really? form of it. And also, I guess, I don't know if the, how this is for other countries, but the UK, it doesn't keep a national record of names. So you you just are who you say you are in terms of, who you're born, obviously, and the records are held with hospitals or, you know, for your tax returns and things like that. But there is no list in the UK of these people are mm -hmm. these names. So it doesn't necessarily work that way. So if you're just wanting to, if you just, you know, I don't know, if you're Dave and you just want to be known as Jay, you, all you needed to do was fill in that deed poll and then you can tell people to call you Jay from that point. But mm -hmm. where you update your records is kind of your choice. And as long yeah. as you've got ways to prove that you are that person, there's no like central reservation of names, which I guess is why the UK is open in the sense that it doesn't need to be an official document. But uh, solicitors, that was the word I was looking for earlier, doesn't need to be done by solicitors or any sort of formal legal company. Like to put it in perspective for the people that are listening, I literally typed out on a Word document, Alistair used to be known as X, will now be known as Y, printed that off at work and I had a colleague witness it and another colleague witness it and then I signed underneath that. And that literally got scanned in and sent off to the passport office and the okay. passport office accepted that as name change. So literally it was just a piece wow. of paper. And even Rob, my partner, kind of said, is that legal? Like, are you sure? It doesn't <laughs> seem very official. And I was like, well, we'll see how we go. And they yeah. accepted it. You know, there was no company stamp, no letterhead, yeah. no nothing. It was just some wet ink signatures. It does, um, it is required for, especially for the photo IDs, I believe that you have to send off the original. So they have to see mm -hmm. like, the biro pen in it can't be a scan or anything like that but it obviously gets sent yeah. back to you with your original documents but that, that is something to consider mm. so it seems like there's some perhaps uh companies or solicitors just trying to like capitalize off the deed poll kind of process when in actual fact it is probably well it's very straightforward just to do to your do by yourself yeah, yeah potentially which it's a shame really because it is a bit of a a scam but there's also a little bit of misinformation out of there and if that you know there probably should be a template on the govs website i would say that that would be better yeah. but like i said i kind of did the research and not necessarily took the risk but took the gamble of whether it would actually be okay because but i was being compliant with everything that it said on the gov website to do but it, it feels very odd to be able to do that such an official document yourself without you know a solicitor or a proper office doing it 
And it's really interesting because it's like that process itself seemed very like maybe too easy or like too good to be true in a sense. It was just a bit too easy. Whereas it was free. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Whereas all the other kind of steps of the then having to have another proof of kind of your name, all of that stuff that comes after seems a bit more difficult. So it's a really interesting Mm. kind of contrast for sure. Yeah, definitely. When's your um, when's your marriage? When are you getting married? Uh, no date yet. The, the, we got engaged. What is that? Oh, two years ago now. Oh, it will be three years in March, is what I think. Wow. And, yeah, still no plans for marriage. To be honest, it's um, I guess with everything that that is going on or that has been going on, it, it's just cast perspective on things. Like you know, we have a house together, so that. I think that's more of a formal commitment nowadays yeah. than potentially marriage. Yeah. It, it can be. That's certainly my opinion. Yeah. So I think that we're we're comfortable and we don't necessarily need a piece of paper to sort of appreciate our relationship. However, we would like to do it. That's not me saying we're not going to do it, but it's just there are other things that are on the priority list at the moment to kind of spend that money on that cash on. Thanks for sharing that, Alistair. And kind of moving on slightly from kind of the whole names topic. In, in your view, how do you think kind of views towards the gay community have, have changed and evolved throughout your lifetime? Mm, it's, well, interesting question. I think that it would 100% differ by whoever you asked. I yeah. think that I am, I consider myself very fortunate for not having faced, in air quotes, too much prejudice in my life. Um, coming out to my parents they were very accepting there's certainly things that I wish had been better both in my upbringing and you know life in uh, school and growing up and things like that but you know there was nothing when you hear some of the other stories out there there's definitely nothing in comparison it's kind of more social things that I'm like I wish that could be better but in the grand scheme of things I've not experienced like any physical prejudice or things like that I actually think that um I, again, I don't really know what it's like coming out of school nowadays, but I get the impression that it is better and things have moved on. Certainly mm-hmm. there was like a lot of bullying around when I was a kid, which again, nothing too damaging, but again, it's not massively enjoyable. In terms of at current, I think that maybe not necessarily just um, gay individuals, but LGBTQ plus communities, there's so much attention on it at the moment, which is is really positive. And everyone's sort of getting acceptance and and things like that. Certainly something that I've noticed, though, and I talked about this on a podcast that I did recently as well, or that I was the host of. And I think that with the whole like diversity and inclusion angle that, you know, us being sort of on LinkedIn, we see this a lot of companies trying to be inclusive, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe there's almost like a fight between people at the moment. I feel like everyone's sort of shouting and there could potentially be across all the diversities a bit more cohesion and because i i only want to learn about other people's diversities other people's struggles and things like that and like lift each other up whereas i feel like sometimes there's noise of people trying to drown out everybody else which i don't necessarily think is right i think that inclusivity has to literally mean that it has to be like everyone has an equal seat at the table yeah whereas i feel like some people are just trying to shout a little bit louder to get the attention or you know not necessarily shaming other diversities or other areas but sort of not considering them in their approach yeah when it would actually be a lot more impactful if we kind of all just said look we're all diverse why don't we just come together rather than shout because it just seems like the spotlight seems to shift certainly in the media and this might not be necessarily individuals 
but certainly the media kind of brings a spotlight to one area and then it moves on to another. Yeah. And actually, I think the spotlight just needs to be refocused to like look at everyone versus one population at one time. Hopefully that sounds all right. I don't know. I'm not, not the best at eloquently describing diversity and inclusion. I think everyone feels a little bit uncomfortable sometimes, or I certainly do when this topic kind of comes up. But yeah. I'm totally at the core of just people having conversations, learning more about each other that everyone has an equal stake rather than shouting I'm not going to shout gay rights over someone that's talking you know black people's rights I would like to actually have a conversation about how we could help each other and how we can both learn yeah absolutely I I completely agree with you I have kind of reflected this year and I really think that sometimes there's this there's a sense of like competitiveness like sometimes Mm, it feels just competitive and I've seen that on on LinkedIn in, in particular um and also I guess in the media, but yeah, it just does feel a bit competitive. Um, and I was engaging with a company, I'm not going to mention who they were, they are, but I was engaging with a company and they were kind of, um, had asked me like, what are your, what makes you like a diverse individual? What are your previous, um, kind of experiences in terms of like lived experiences that make you a diverse individual? And it just felt so competitive. It's like, I feel like I'm having to like be competitive mm. about like past traumas and past like struggles and, and negative experiences. And it just shouldn't feel competitive. Um, so I'm totally yeah. with you on that one. It's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, there's almost like a culture of wearing it as a medal almost. And which, you know, I think that it's it's very it's a tricky conversation. I don't think that these things should be kind of bragged about. There's a fine balance between bragging and like sharing to help others. Um, And I think maybe you experienced something on the the other kind of side of that potentially. And um, it definitely relates to what you're saying about being competitive. And 100%, I always think that only people can speak from their own lived experiences. So what I said earlier about my kind of experience being actually relatively okay and that there are other people that certainly had worse kind of upbringings or situations than me and that that should take the priority but that doesn't necessarily mean that I can't still talk about the things that I experienced and and bring them to the table yeah but at the same time in in terms of speaking of balance it's good to communicate as individuals but then there's also a fine line between helping other people but also speaking on their behalf because I think that that reduces the impact of diversity and inclusion if someone is commenting from a diversity angle that they're not actually a part of that community it almost it has to be a very clever or correct narrative for not like trying to apply that to themselves because they can't actually relate to that situation. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I do. I do. And and on the point that you kind of mentioned earlier about, you know, your experiences growing up have been potentially like, and I, I know you put it in kind of the, the quotations, less or less potentially less difficult to other people um, in the gay community. And And obviously you can't be a spokesman for like the entire gay community because exactly. your experience is your own experience, but that doesn't mean it's identical to like everyone else who's gay. Um, so I think that's a really, really important point for like people to remember that like, there's also, I think there's also sometimes pressure, especially with, within organizations, there might be like one trans person and everyone kind of looks to them and they're like, okay, you're literally the spokesperson for trans and like what they say absolutely goes Mm. and like the same with you know all different kind of lenses of diversity I think it's important to take that step back and and remember that that is just usually one individual yeah 
And also that's a way of exclusion in my mind. If you're putting someone on that pedestal mm. of saying, you know, speak on behalf of everyone, that's actually excluding that individual because you're you're almost highlighting the difference mm. by doing that. So again, it's a very fine kind of narrative, but that that's not a very inclusive approach for me in that it should be that everyone gets to discuss kind of equally rather than, mm-hmm. um, you know, making that person speak out on their experiences to almost kind of tick a box. I don't like this whole oh. box ticking exercise um, situation that we, that we kind of experience. And so it should all, I think any kind of communication about that really has to be like a level, level playing field right. for everything. It can't be one ahead of the other because that's, that's literally not diversity and inclusion. Yeah, absolutely. But it's uh, a very fine balance. Yeah, it is. Absolutely, it is. And in terms of kind of working life and, and during your kind of working life, what have your experiences been like um, as someone from the gay community? Again, I'll, I'll uh, preface that with it's all been very positive. So mm. in the... Um, in the events industry that I've I've worked in and grown my career in, I, I've been very fortunate in the fact that it is, maybe it was a little bit ahead of being very inclusive, or certainly there was very diverse representation of everyone in my experience, especially in terms of female leadership. I've always had female line managers as a kid. And even now, I very much look up to powerful females as a role model. All of my kind of role models are female and were as a kid. So it was my perfect environment to thrive, yeah. really. So I was really, really chuffed with that. More the kind of experience I've had is it's been less kind of social and more in my head. So people haven't voiced negative opinions towards me. I've kind of imprinted that on them in my head. So mm. it, again, very kind of subtle things, but meeting new people for the first time, either a colleague or a supplier or a client or whatever, I would kind of use words like partner to kind of hide, mm. not necessarily hide, but perhaps cloak before I had a rapport with them to yeah. kind of gauge whether it would be an acceptable environment to raise the fact that I had a male partner and that I was in a gay relationship. And that, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. I kind of sit on the the fence myself. I think there's always a reason to kind of be guarded and not throw things in people's faces because everyone has different beliefs and different sort of social um, understandings. And it's not our place to kind of, or it's certainly not our place in the workplace to kind of force that in people's faces and, you know, have that kind of discussion out on the table. It needs to be the kind of right place to discuss things or or have that out and be so open. And there's, I've always been very self-conscious about my voice. I always thought Mm -hmm. I had a really kind of gay sounding voice and I didn't Mm -hmm. like being judged on that. So I didn't like putting my voice out there lots. I always used to think that if I spoke at something, then people would think, oh, he's a homo which actually mm. it's completely ridiculous because I am a homo so if someone thinks that from my voice then that's actually okay but I think from being bullied at that for the voice and for being gay yeah. at school before I'd even kind of come out myself it was very difficult and that built up because because I was being bullied for something I assumed that it was a bad thing yeah. so it's kind of I've got this negativity bias in my head of actually it's taken me a little while to understand that it's just who I am and the fact that I was bullied for it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing in society's eyes and that I I shouldn't be judged for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing that, Alistair. And going back to the point about kind of marriage. So in Mm. 2013, um, in the UK, Parliament passed the marriage, so the Same-Sex Couples Act, and that introduced civil marriage for same-sex couples in England and in Wales. So do you remember like where you were at this time and, and what does or what did this mean to you? 
I'm going to seem like such a bad gay. No, I don't remember where I was, but that, <laughs> it is it is huge news and it is it's very good. Again, I'm I probably need to do a bit of research into this. My my instant gut reaction and conversation that I've been having with Rob, we haven't decided yet whether we will get married mm-hmm. or whether we will have a civil partnership. So I think when the civil partnership was was passed, when when it sort of came to to parliament and things like that, that there was a, a relation, an official relationship stance that was needed for same sex couples. The government, for whatever reason, chose to pass a civil partnership instead of a marriage. So we kind of instantly got a separate category, mm. and then that's kind of not necessarily been reversed. But you st- you can still get a civil partnership, but you can also get married now as a same sex couple. That that's recognised that you can have the same thing that that same uh, that uh, mixed sex couples were granted. Yeah. My kind of thought on it is that we either should have got marriage back then. Or we got civil partnership and we ended up with civil partnership. And now I would kind of like to own having a civil partnership because that is the thing that was passed for us. Mm. And for me, and again, I don't know, obviously you can get married in the eyes of the law versus the church at the um, as it stands yeah. at the moment. But for me, marriage has always perhaps had religious connotation. So I think that even uh, mixed sex couples that are getting married, if they're not a Christian or if they're not religious, maybe that's not even the right thing for mm-hmm. them. I don't know. I, again, I don't want to speak on anyone's behalf and not having as much understanding in that kind of area as I should for talking about something like this. I feel like I might want to get a civil partnership, but I think that Rob is perhaps on the other side of things saying like, it, everyone gets married. Why, do, why aren't we get married kind of thing? So maybe there's a conversation and a debate to be had about that. But um, yeah, that's my instant thoughts on that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think I don't know too much about it, but if you do think back or I know a bit of like the history of marriage and it is like typically it was like the when when people got married, like heteros- yeah, heterosexual people got married, it was literally like the woman became the husband's property. Exactly. So- which so is not nice of, connotations, yeah. really. So it's kind of steeped in like patriarchal beliefs, which make me feel a bit uncomfortable. And then people are like, no, but like everyone get to, to your point about what Rob said. It's like, well, everyone gets married. Is, and it is like a mm. nice thing to do. But yeah, I'm, I'm also a bit torn by it, if I'm mm. honest. Uh, so I'm really, uh, whenever I have the kind of this conversation about, you know, my upbringing and who I am and things like that, I actually think, I'm a big fan of the phrase that disadvantage can actually be advantage. And I'm not, you know, that it's kind of a double barreled phrase in the sense that I'm saying the fact that I'm gay is a disadvantage, but it it can be seen as a disadvantage in society stereotypically. And I actually think that that being gay has given me a completely different angle in life, not only from my own uh, perspective, Mm -hmm. but from other people's because heterosexuality is is the norm so most people have you know values and expectations applied more to a heterosexual couple whereas i guess when you throw in like a same-sex couple to the thing uh, to the mix everyone kind of loses the expectations a little bit and they're like oh well well what will you do we kind of get asked the question of will you get will you get married will you do a civil partnership or will you just do whatever you want whereas um a straight couple at the same points in their life would probably get a more loaded question like when will you get married or when will yeah. you get engaged and things like that so I think that we're very lucky because we kind of buff some of that expectation because it doesn't fit society's mold already uh, in strong terms so we kind of have our own path to forge on this kind of thing and 
I guess I'm kind of up for sticking to that as well, like keeping people on their toes, maybe doing something different, you know, actively trying to break the mold ourselves. But I also do see that we have a responsibility to to use that marriage right because uh, you know at the moment it's probably it's really not widely available in the world so mm. it would almost be an insult to some people or it could be seen as an insult to some people if i say i've got marriage in my country for you know same sex couple but i'm not even going to use it yeah. but i have my reasons for potentially not using it so there's you know it's a whole way up why can't people just be people why i know can't we just exactly exist? where is the existing option I know it's it's so true it's so true well Alistair thank you so much for spending time with me speaking about your name um really really lovely chatting with you oh it's been a pleasure so much for having me on my it's been uh it's been a joy to chat